Welcome. Um, this week we're going to do Pashas Vayichi. So the Pasha starts when uh, Yaakov is nearing the end of his life and he calls Yosef and he asks him to do Chesed Ve'emes Al Notik Brein of Mitzrayim he asked him to take him to Mars Machpelah and he said, Yishovali Vayishovali. Promised him that he would take him to Teretz uh, Yisrael, to the Mars Machpelah. Then you have a Yachadur Ma'ela afterwards. So Yosef heard that uh, Yaakov is sick and he brought his children. And Yaakov said to him, Ephraim and Menashe are going to be elevated to the position of Shvotim, just like Reuven and Shemen. Any children you have afterwards will also be part of Ephraim and Menashe. Now he says them like this, I need to Mesalai Rochel Berz Kanan, that Rochel died. So Rashi says, I'm a tree of you to take me, uh, to take me there as Kanan. I didn't do that with your mother. And I know, he says, I know that you're, you're upset with me because I didn't take your mother to Mars Achpela. I buried her by the, side of, by the side of the road. But telling you, I did it al piyadibor. The Bansham told me I should do it, that, uh, that when they go, didn't go to Golas, she will be there and she'll be misspelled for them. The question is, I mean, Yosef had a problem with this for a long time, you know, from the, for years and years. And before, when Yaakov asks him they should take him to Mars Machpelah, he doesn't tell him anything about uh, that he buried Halpi at Dibor. He doesn't say anything. He just asks him to bury him in Israel, and he, he promises he will. Later, after, after uh, he's sick and he comes, then he tells him, that I'm being matriach, you take me to Israel, and you should know that when I didn't take your mother, it was because apia dibor. Why does this happen here? Why shouldn't? Why it should? It belongs before. When he asked him to take him, that's when he should have said that. So I think what he said is like this. Yaakov doesn't owe an explanation to Yosef. Yosef, that's his wife, and he decided that he's going to bury her by the side of the road. Yosef is upset about it. He doesn't have to, he doesn't owe him an explanation, you know. This is, Yosef didn't ask him. I mean, Yaakov sensed it, but he didn't ask him, and Yaakov didn't tell him anything. So why did he tell him now? Because at this point, you know, before, Yosef has no claim to know. Why? Why, why does Yaakov have to tell him? Why does he have to um, give an account of himself? Yosef. He does what he believes is right. But over here, what happened is that he told him 
that I'm elevating Ephraim and Menashe to be like Reuven and Shimon, and any other children you will have, I don't think he had any more children, but any more children you will have will belong to Ephraim and Menashe. So what he did was, he demoted Yosef. Yosef was no longer a Shevet. Yosef himself, he was replaced by Ephraim and Menashe, and he himself was demoted. He was no longer part of the Shvatim. So, so that's why any other children he have, he has, don't belong to Shevet Yosef. They belong either Shevet Ephraim or Shevet Menashe, because Yosef himself was demoted. This is something that Yosef has a right to demand an explanation. Why are you demoting me? Why, why, why? I mean, I was a Shevet. I was one of the Shvatim, and now I'm not. Why? So now Yaakov tells him, just like. I buried your mother, the Alpiadibur. This was also Alpiadibur. That, that uh, it's not my choice. The Banshan told me that you need to be replaced with Ephraim and Menashe, uh, and therefore you're no longer one of the Shvatim. Okay, that's what it, that's what, um, that's why I said it over here. So we come to the brachas. So the question is, the question is, um, why did he wait till now? To, to he gave uh, he criticized Reuven very sharply. Why did he wait till now? So Rashi explains this in the beginning of the Varim. He says, "Ei mechichen has the Adam ela samach misa that you should that Yak that Moshe was gave Musar." At the end of his life, Dvarim, the Sefer Dvarim is a, a Sefer of Moser, and he gave that at the end of his life, and he learned from Yaakov. Yaakov gave, gave Moser at the end of his life. Why? Because he thought that if he gives him... that if he would um, criticize uh, Ruvain, that if he would criticize Ruvain, Rashi says in the beginning of Zvarim, Pasuk Gimel, that, uh, that the Ruvain would, would leave him and he'd go to Esav. Now, um, I can understand why Ruvain would go, would leave him, maybe he'd be upset, be offended, and that he would leave. But why would he go to Esau? So I think you see over here later in Pasha Zekev and in Kriyashma, So Rashi says that the Visartem Lifrashma Torah, we turn away from the Torah, if a person is perished from Torah, he goes to Vaidazara. So if you have, let's say, a Ger Toishav, who is, who, uh, is only Makabal himself, not to Vaidazara, he doesn't learn Torah. He doesn't go to Vaidazara. But you see from over here that if you're a Dovok in Kedusha and you tear yourself away from it, then you go to the other extreme. So if you learn Torah and you perish from the Torah, you're very likely to end up by Vaidazara. So he said also that if uh, that um, that if Asa, that if Ruvain, if Yaakov criticized Ruvain, 
then he would uh, leave Yaakov, he'd perish for Yaakov, who's the Makar of Kedusha, and then he'd go all the way to Hazel. That's what it is. The Brachas, you find that the Birchus Moshe, there some, the Brachas, in the Bezaisa Brachas, some of them are doubled. You know, he says, Bezaisa Yehuda, Zvul and then he repeats the name. So when, when Yosef brings his family down to Mitzrayim, So Paro says to him, Your father and your brothers have come to you. What does this mean? I mean, he knows, it's obvious. They're here, they came. What is he telling him? So Ramban asks this question, and he says that it's just the Knesset's Devorim, it's just a way of opening the conversation. Oh, your, your, your family has come to you, okay, they can go to Eretz Mitzrayim, go to, go to Goshen. But, um, but it's really not saying anything. But, perhaps could say it differently. He says like this, when, when uh, Pari finds out, he says, Take your father and your households and come to me and I'll give you the best land in, in Mitzrayim. You'll come to me. But when Yosef, when they came down, so Yosef says, He didn't put all, all the brothers in front of him, only five. Which ones? Rashi says, the ones that the names are not doubled in Zaysabrocha, because those are the weaker ones. So Parai wanted Anshim Mulchama. He wanted people who are going to be officers and generals. So you come there, the ones that are, I don't know exactly what, what chaloshim means, weak. I don't think it means weak in body because um, why would Moshe speak about the weakness hundreds of years later? So it probably means like in character, you know. So those that are double, those are strong characters and they're reminded that they have a tradition of strong characters. But, but so he put the ones that are weak and, and Paris said, they said, what do you do? He says, we're shepherds, you know. So Paris said to Yosef, Yosef, Lamar, Avicha Vachecha Bo Elecha. They came for you, they didn't come for me. In the beginning, he said to him, Take Chus Avichem Vesbetechem Boyo Eloi, come to me, because I want to make use of them. But now, after this whole Yosef's stratagem of taking the weaker ones and presenting themselves as poor shepherds, then he says, Okay, I see. They didn't come for me, they came for you. All right. Now, at the end of Ayichi, Yaakov dies, and they take him to Eretz Yisrael, they bury him. So then when they came back, so the brothers were afraid that Yosef would do something to them. He would avenge himself. So 
Then they said to Yosef, Avicha tziva So they said what Yaakov had, had told them before he died, but it wasn't true, Rashi says. They made it up because they were afraid. This is what you tell Yosef. Forgive them the avera that they did because they, they did bad to you. That's what they're quoting Yaakov. This is what Yaakov said. He said, they're saying that this is what Yaakov said. Forgive you, brothers. Even though he died, but his, we are still avodim to his God, and his God is still, is still alive. Yosef cried. Why did Yosef cry? Why did he cry? So you might think he cried because they, they suspected him that he would do something to them. But right after that, right away they said, no, we'll be avodim to you, don't hurt us, don't hurt us. So if they understood, I mean, how we to understand Yesus crying? If Yesus crying was, uh, was because he felt bad that they were choshed him, Yaakov never said this, Rashi says, because Yaakov wouldn't, wasn't choshed that Yosef would do this. So if Yosef cried because he felt bad that they were choshed him, so why did they say we're going to be avodim to you? They must have understood what, why he cried. Why did he cry? So you find, you find, um, we know the Medrash says, Rabbein Abachaya and the, the Rechayim, they all say that the brothers never asked for Mechila, and Yosef was never Meichelim. But, it says, they went down. They went down to Mitzrayim. They went down, Rashi says, they were sorry. They were sorry that they had sold him, and they wanted to uh, resolve that they're going to act with him as a brother. But why were they sorry that they sold him? They didn't think they did anything wrong. They just, like he saw when they were. They demoted him from his position of leadership because of Yaakov's Tsar. So they were sorry that he did it because all the Tsar that it caused to Yaakov for all these years. But really, they weren't sorry for the thing itself. And they, they figured for the sake of, the, of, of their father, they'll go through the motions of, of uh, brotherhood. But they still thought that they did the right thing and they never asked for Mechila. But you see, Yosef in the beginning, Yosef's tone changes. Yosef says to them, Ani Yosef, Vato, alte yotzfu, Valdicha beinechem ki mechartem oisiheina. Don't be upset that you sold me, ki lemichel shachani elkim lefnechem. Hashem sent me here, I should prepare um, a place where you could live and have food and livelihood. Vato, loyatem shalachtem oisiheina. You didn't send me. Hashem sent me. This is what he said to them. So these are very conciliatory words. He's saying that, uh, no, listen, it was, 
you know, you did it, but really it was that I had to go down to prepare for the family. And it's very conciliatory. Over here, so Yosef says to him, Altiro, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? Notice he's saying that really I should, you know, punish you. I should avenge myself on you, but I can't. And then they said, he says like this, He said to them something that will reassure them. What did he say? He said that originally when I came down to Mitzrayim, people thought that I was some urchin, a vagabond, I didn't have, I didn't come from a chashev, a family, it was just somebody, just somebody, and I wasn't chashev. But when my brothers came down, then... I got a lot of covets from that because people respected me because I have all these brothers. So he said that if I would kill you, then people won't believe you're my brothers. Why? Does a brother kill his brother? So what he's telling them is a very sharp criticism. He said, you know, I can't kill you because if I kill you, I'm going to lose all my, my, my COVID because people think that I have all these brothers. And if I kill you, that means I never had any brothers. I was just a vagabond. I was just somebody. So I can't kill you. So really what he's doing here, Yosef, he's changed his whole tone. In the beginning, he was conciliatory. He said, you know, Hashem sent you. You didn't do this. And now... He's, uh, he's very sharp with them. Why? What changed? So if you look at this passage before, what did they say to him? This is, they quote saying, this is what Yaakov said, forgive the sin of your brothers. So we are the avodim of your father's God. A person could be, before in, in, uh, in Pashat Vayeshev, when Yosef met the met the the Malach, Ish Sirashi says, he see They they moved away. They quit. They're no longer brothers. They 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 resigned. He see We're not brothers anymore, and that's why he was. You know, they could do anything. They didn't look at him as a brother. He was not a brother. But there are two ways a person can be a brother. A person, two, a person can be a brother, two people can be brothers because they have brotherhood between them, they're brothers. And uh, there's another way is that if you share a father. So even though there are no feelings of brotherhood, and, but still, you know, you share a father, so you're a brother. So we see you ask from from feelings of brotherhood. They, they moved away from any feelings of brother, brotherhood from him. But they still were brothers because, because of Yaakov, that a common father. So they said like this, he says, Your father said, Forgive the Peshach, forgive them, you're the brothers, right? 
But so the Aton now that he's that he's nifter already, now we're not going to ask you as brothers because we're not brothers anymore. Now we can say Sonol Pesha Avdel Kayavicha. We serve the same God that your father served. So therefore, because of that, you should forgive us. That's what they said. So Yosef realized that that you know that any hope of brotherhood was completely gone. In the beginning, he was conciliatory. He wanted them to say maybe. You know, it was Xera, we did it because it was Xera and Shemayim. We really didn't want to do it or something. Or maybe say, we made a mistake, we shouldn't have done it. He was waiting for them to ask for Mechila. Now, not only did they ask for Mechila, they told him that you are not our brother. We are, we are just the Avodim of the God that Yaakov ser- serves. That's all we have. We had nothing else. As long as Yaakov was alive, then we were Achecha, we were brothers. Now, we're not brothers. When Yosef heard this, he realized that the brotherhood was completely destroyed. There was no hope for it. They were not, they were not brothers anymore. So then he was no longer conciliatory. Then he, 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 he told them, listen, I really should avenge myself on you, but you know, it's not for me to do this, it's for to do it. And then he said, the other thing he said, and how could I do it anyway? Because people are going to say that, you're, that I don't have any brothers because does a man kill his brothers? Do you ever hear such a thing? Somebody should want to kill his brothers? Can't be. Can't be. So this is what, so, this, so that's what he cried. When he heard him say this, then he said, oh, forget it, you know, there's no chance anymore. And then everything turned around. And for the last years, he had no contact with them. Okay, just before, uh, I want to say something about last week. Um, you know, I spoke about the steer in Rashi's, where Rashi in Vallejo says that Vigashudu was pious, and over here Rashi says Koshes. So, so my friend Remarta Friedman right away went, and he's a bibliophile, and right away did all his research, and he called me up, and he said that the early Achreinim, the Nachos Yaakov and the Maskele David and the Rishash and the Medrash all say that Rashi and Vayera is a mistake and has to be, you have to be Magia, you have to change it because it doesn't work. But the, uh, recently, the Sefer Rashi Asholem Ariel, they did all the research, went back to old Fulsim and original manuscripts, it's not a mistake. And what Rashi says over there, that is pious, the Rashi says over there that is pious, it's Mephorish and Tanchum Yoshan. The Medrash Tanchum Yoshan, that's where it is. So this is so the steer in Rashi's. So I wanted to say that Yehuda had two Gishas. He came first of all for pious, Biadoini, Yidaber Bosnacha, that was because of Ra, the, the Ra that would be the Klal Yisrael, which we could ask Al Sadaka. And then, he, then the second part was kosher, means he came with an argument and demanded mishpat, because a king has to have rachmanes, and there's this old man sitting in Canaan, his heart's breaking and he's crying, and so you have to have rachmanes. So somebody asked me, how do we know that a king has to have rachmanes, and why does he have rachmanes? So I just want to read to you Rambam. Rambam Hilchas Mulachim says like this, Kederech shecholok le'akosav akovad agodol 
the Torah gave a king very big covet. Everybody is, has to be mechab the king. Kach tzivo, the Torah also commanded him, lias liboy bekirboy shuffle v'cholol, they should be very humble. Shnei mevliv v'chol bekirboy, v'loyinag gases leiv b'yisrael yosem idai, and then he says, v'yachoynein u'merachem l'ktanem g'doylem. He has to be a chaynein and merachem to everybody, big and small. He has to be a chaynein. This is what the Rambam says. And this is a model for all kings, I guess. Not only for Malchi Yisrael. And the reason is because a king has so much power and so much covet and so much money that if he wouldn't balance that with Rachmanes, with a very great Rachmanes to all people, then he would become a monster. So therefore, a king, more than any other person, has a chiv to, to balance all his privileges with great humility and with, uh, with, with rachman to everybody. So that's why he came with a taina that, uh, that you have a mishpat, you have to have rachmanis. He didn't start with this because it could be disputed because Yosef was not a melech. So he said, you know, I consider you a melech, you have such vast power, that you are mechuyiv to have rachmanas. That's what he said. Okay, so now we've concluded Sefer Bereshis. I have a little bit of a cold. I hope you might help me. But, but so we finished Sefer Bereshis, which is a milestone. And I want to thank, um, first I want to thank uh, Benjamin Sofer, who is my partner in this. I also want to thank my wife, Tzviya, who helps out with some of the technical aspects. And I want to thank all the people who come and listen. I'd say it's very, very much appreciated. Not only the people who call me and talk to me, but even the people who don't. I, I sort of, I can feel you. <laughs> and and it's, it's, it's a, a very great covet for me and a very great schus that I should be able to... Uh, and, and I said in the beginning, my purpose here is not to use the Chumash as, as a platform from which to give Musr or try to inspire you. It's not my purpose. My purpose is to learn Chumash and Rashi the way we learn Bavakama, to learn it analytically and Lomdish. And if from this comes out Musr and inspiration, Matoivu Manoyim. But that's, that's what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to learn the, the Psukim and the Rashi Be'iyan. Thank you very much for coming, and I hope to see you next week.